We, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's right. You bugging ass Jeff, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Got spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheese maker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. <laughs> How are you, Sal? Good, Beso. How are you? <laughs> Eating as usual. <laughs> now, I have to say, for the people that um, uh, have been missing the cheesy podcast, there was another one, and I accidentally didn't save it. <laughs> Which, and it was a really good one. It went for like an hour and ten minutes. Did but, it? Yeah. What was that one chatting about? I have no idea. Picking through nose. I thought I thought it would be in the auto save. I tried something new. Didn't work. Oh well. So there you go. Never mind. So what's been happening? You've been cooking lots good food, lots yeah. of noodles. Well, I did, yeah, I did go to the noodle market in Sydney. Mm-hmm. That was just to check it out because we've got a stall at the noodle market in Melbourne, as I've told you. Just you and a couple of other people at these noodle markets. <laughs> in Sydney? Mm-hmm. Well, bugger me. There was like 70,000 people or something on Saturday night. It was heaving. Like, how many does the MCG seat? 100,000? No, yeah, 90 to 100,000. So that's the comparison we were doing because we were both from Melbourne and the guy was going, you know, shit, mate, it's like, that's like, you know, half the size of the MCG and... Where was it? At the Hyde Park. Okay. So all public transport people and no one's really parking and No. Going Amazing. To and also it was the funeral of that um, poor Chinese guy that got shot. Oh, yeah. And that was at the church next door. <laughs> so there was another 15,000 people mm. there. So that, you know, there was thousands at that. And it was just mental. I mean, we got there really early because we were getting a tour because we wanted to find out the logistics of, you know, how to do stuff and... Did you get to eat any good food on your tour? Um, or was it all sort of pre, pre-cooking, pre start of cooking stuff? Well, my take on it was... I'm trying to say this without sounding <laughs> rude. <laughs> it's all pretty freaking average. You know, the guys that did the best was there was this fantastic Filipino barbecue and they just did chicken mm. and they had whole pig. Yeah. So you'd get a plate of pig with some rice yeah. <laughs> or you could have chicken skewers. Yeah. So the queues, you know, I mean, they've got to have crowd control, those stalls. Yeah. So that they're lined up. And then um, and then everyone was raving about this ramen burger. You've got to have the ramen burger. So I queued up for a freaking ramen burger. I mean, honestly, what a f- what a bloody disappointing little bundle that was. Fried noodles with a hard little burger in the middle. I mean, sorry, why are we raving about that shit? And then the other thing they were raving about was they go, oh, you've got to have the pork floss cronut. Well, I don't really get cronuts because I just think they're stupid. 
So anyway, but I thought, all right, I'm going to have this pork floss cronut that everyone's raving about, they'd written about in the paper. It was this greasy, flaky, cold oil, like, you know, when cold oil dribbles mm. down your chin? No, oh, my God. Good. So disgusted. Covered with pork floss and sweet mayonnaise. Oh, disgusting. You're not making it sound like a destination to go to. <laughs> no, there was some good food, though. I mean, we ate heaps of stuff. The best food I had was at Longgrain. Yeah, I did see that. I mean, seriously, beautiful. No one lining up their stall, though. It's like we have been overtaken by food fads. Unless it's sparkling and spitting smoke and, you know, yeah. looking like chocolate and tasting like cheese, no one wants to know about it. Yeah, see, I'm, I've always thought, like, um... If I could have any food job at all, I would like a country pub where you open sort of mm. Wednesday to Sunday for lunch and, you know, a couple of hours at dinner yeah. and just do real... Real food. Yeah, just comfort oh, food. Actually, uh, a, mate of, a mate of mine does that. She works at the local RSL or something. She's a pretty good chef. Mm. And it's a, it reminds me a little bit of, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Sea Change. You would have seen Sea yeah, Change yeah, yeah. come from Elm. Yeah. And you know that Diver Dan mm. used to wander into the kitchen like yeah. once a week and, mm. and, and cook some stuff up, whatever he felt like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she does a, a bit more formal, but the same sort of thing where the chef wants a night off. And so she's a, I think she's she's done catering. She's not a chef, but she's done catering, yeah. same as you. Yeah. And so, yeah, she's got three Perfect. kids, but she has one night a week in the. Go and do what you want. And she does different stuff to what they normally have, and I guess then people rock up on her night. Yeah, awesome. Because it's a bit different. That's a great idea, mm. and it's a per- it's a good idea for the venue too, because then people get something different. That I get some burnt out, crusty old chefs serving up the same old shit. <laughs> well, I guess too the the chef, the the sort of Monday to Friday chef, mm. would then sort of not feel the pressure, but would. Um, it gives a point of difference so that the stuff that he's yeah. doing is not just the same stuff that you're getting all all the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's interesting because, you know, there's a cafe across the road here and they do Friday nights. Have I told you about this? Mm. And the food's just too posh. Yeah. No one there. Really? We food went- around the corner, novel <laughs> food, queue out the door. We went to... Um, What's the French restaurant in um, – it's on Brunswick Street, oh. back towards New Farm, Anise. Oh, yeah, 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 nice. And we're, there was a, a period there where we were playing pre-kids. Mm. We were playing touch on a Monday night and mm. so we'd go to – we'd have to find – like if we were playing a late game, mm. like an 8 o'clock game, mm. we'd go and find a restaurant that opened early enough on a Monday, which wasn't that many. Mm. and have, like, a little starter each, and that would be, you know, because then we'd eat something nice, but it wasn't too expensive. Yeah. And so, yeah, we went to this French restaurant and I duck fat potatoes as an entree. Oh. So that's all I did yeah. was these beautiful little half-crunchy duck oh. fat potatoes. Oh, spectacular. Yeah. I always wanted to go back there for, like, a... Healthy bowl. Well, full on <laughs> feed, but I've never, never found it. Had the time or the money since. So. But I've been doing something interesting this week. What? What have you been doing? So, 
I think it was Epicurious, but it might have been. Do you follow Munchies on Twitter? Munchies, no. So Munchies is like a, a an offshoot of the website Vice, which is like a. Uh, how would you describe it? They're like an online magazine, but they do. Um, they're probably trying to fill the spot that Playboy did back in the 70s, not, not with the nudie stuff, but being on that like that sort of rebellious counterculture, mm. not the sort of mainstream media. Mm. But they're a big publication. They hire a lot of writers. They yeah, do right. lots of interesting stuff. Um, a lot of really interesting sort of feature articles that they employ people to write. Like they say, here, go and write this article sort of thing. So Munchies is like their food thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I them. Yeah, really interesting stuff. That, that was that one. I don't know if I sent you the link that uh, the guy made a like an ultimate chocolate cake and it was like 25 freaking steps and it had like a cake and then it had like frozen mousse and it had swirls through it. I'll, I'll dig the link up and send it to you. It was just – I was like, oh, God, this looks like a really interesting chocolate cake and it took – a long time, you know. Oh, was, you made you made it. You didn't bail out halfway through. No, no, just to watch it. It took like twenty five minutes to watch. Oh, this this method all cut down. I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> It'd take me four days. Um, but yeah, so I followed this link and it was um, roasting chicken over bread. Mm-hmm. So just roast your chicken over the bread and then cut the bread up and put that through your salad. And so I didn't have a chicken that week, but I had a roast. I had a leg of lamb in in the fridge. Mm. So I did big chunks of sourdough underneath. Yeah. And garlic and rosemary on the lamb and then all the juices and fat fell Mm. into the bottom and then halfway through I turned the bread over so it crunched up on both sides. Yeah. (laughs) And then just lettuce leaves out of the garden, feta, olives, Tomatoes. Oh my god! I want that now. Something else I put in it. Um, mm. And then just a real, <laughs> real plain, simple dressing. So just lemon juice and olive oil. Yeah. And then yeah, and then this crunchy, um, crunchy bread, and tossed it through, and had that with the roast lamb, and that was a massive success. That was really nice. So then this week I got a pork belly, and did oh the same god, thing. Oh my god! Yum. But this time instead of putting the meat on the side. I just used a little bit of the pork belly and just cut it up into little cubes and actually tossed that through the salad so it was like a warm salad. Mm. With the and the bread was just, you know, bacony, f- porky, oh, fat. And, oh, it was so good. Oh my God, I don't know amazing. how healthy a salad it would have been. And I, and I did sorry, so with the pork one I did lettuce, Still salad. tomato, green apple, mung bean shoots, peanuts, the fried bread. The little ch- cubes of pork, mm. and I did an apple cider vinegar dressing. Wow, yum! Yeah, even Curtis was like, nah, chewing through it. The only bits he didn't like was the pork. I ate everything else. Let's meet the pork. Don't know Crazy kid. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm going to do that. Mm. Yum. So now I've got to try the original recipe. Chicken. Oh, I Chicken. have to follow up munchies. Mm. Yum, that's such a great idea. Yeah, because it's like when I like when you make Caesar salad, right? You know, Caesar salad. It, it can either be amazing or it can just be shit. 
someone mm. can make up stupid cr- you know, but I love cooking the croutons up with the lardons of yeah. bacon, getting it all fatty and garlicky. Yeah, well, this is great because you, like, that was so different too the salads because the the pork one obviously more fat came out of the belly than out mm. of a lamb leg, mm. so it was like super super saturated with fat, crunchy, porky. But the lamb one had lots of the garlic and rosemary sort of flavours through it. Did you just stick it on a rack and stuck the bread under the rack? No, no, it crisps up underneath. You just did it underneath and the meat straight on top. Yeah, and then halfway through just turn it over Mm. because the juice sort of comes out on the top side and Mm. softens it and then you turn it over Mm. and the bottom's so crunchy that it sort of holds the meat up and then you crisp the the bottom bit. Because I try... Now that it's hot, it's mm. a, it's a good try and grow lettuce leaves and tomatoes, and then yeah. instead of having a roast with lots of roast veggies and mm. gravy and all those things that are and all those winter things, mm, go more up sort of warm salad sort of route, and you eat a lot less meat that way. I find too. Yeah, yeah. If you just toss a little, like I only had I don't know like a. Probably a 10 by 10 centimetre square bit of pork belly mm. chopped up for three adults, a, a four-year-old, a three-year-old and two toddlers. Yeah, that would have been more than enough. Yeah. It's like the Asian way of doing stuff. They don't mm. eat big slabs of meat like us. Just, just slice it up and toss it through. It's enough. And then I had the leftover pork belly on sandwiches today. It was very nice. And you had leftovers. Mm. Jeepers. So, but Yum. I was pretty happy. I was quite proud of myself, actually, that I made this big bowl of salad and it was finished at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Ryan scouting around for extra stuff to eat or there being like you yeah, know, yeah, twice yeah. As, as much again left over. I'm just, I just, I haven't got a handle on the cooking but you for can lots never, of people. You can't, yeah, I suppose. You can't get it right, though. But I mean, I always cook too much. And then you end up with. Leftovers everywhere, or you throw it out, or so I've got a, an interesting challenge. Yeah. So uh, the the team I coach, mm-hmm. I want to. I've been at them to run a particular move at training all year, mm-hmm. and they just won't do it. So last week I said, right. What do you mean they won't do it? Ah, uh, they just they're just not keen on it. They just won't. It's a hard move to pull off. So they try it once and it doesn't work. So they go, oh, it doesn't work. I'm not going to do it. So a couple of weeks ago I said... Aren't you the coach? Yeah. Don't they, shouldn't they just do it? No, it doesn't, coaching doesn't work that doesn't way. Does it work like that? No. I wish it did, but Jeez. unfortunately no. It's not like being a chef in a kitchen. You can't just <laughs> cut people's fingers off if they don't do what you say. Um, so what I said, I came to training and I'm like, right, I want you to run this move. I said, whichever six players are on the field, when you score off this move, I will cook you dinner. You have to score off it. And so, right. And, of course, they tried it like 16 times at training and they got it last week. Right. <laughs> and so one of the guys, he's a massive KFC fan. And I said, oh, look, um, we, we're having a, a, a side conversation. And I said, oh, I haven't eaten, I've probably eaten KFC once or twice in the last 20 years. And he just was just flabbergasted. Mm. Could not, could not believe it. And I'm like, look. To tell you the truth, mate, I, my fried chicken's a hundred times better than KFC. Mm. He was like, oh, I said, all right, well, we'll do fried chicken for one of the 
you know, for the for this meal. But one of the other boys blew up. I'm not fucking coming down for fried chicken. Get, I want a three course dinner. <laughs> so I need something. What can you do? What could you do fried chicken for for an entree? Like little. I was thinking like at um. That little restaurant at Southbank, they had the popcorn chicken mm. with the caramel. Mm. That was actually quite nice. Is that hard to do? No. It's just smaller bits of chicken, isn't it? Yeah. Just bites. Yeah. Mm. I'll just do fried chicken. Just do little just do, bits do of little fingers. Just made a plate of nice little chunks of. I'm going to do, because um, I haven't done it in about three or four years, but Jamie Oliver had a chocolate, a little espresso chocolate pots recipe and it's like a chocolate mousse but you don't put the egg whites in it Mm. it's just egg yolks Mm. and it's so thick it's just fantastic but you can only do like a and you cook them no no it's just a it's it's yeah it's it's egg yolks butter must be sugar and that's what my mum used to make she used to make a really dense heavy Rum, I think. So, sure, it was Jamie Oliver's. You soak the sultana. It's it's like what from his. It's either his first or his second naked chef. Oh, there's sultanas in it. Did mm. you say? Don't like sultanas. Ew. Wow. Not really. I don't what? mind them in a sultana cookie or in a fruit cake. But what about when they're in a? But when they're ringing in with chocolate, I don't mind. I like chocolate covered sultanas, but not squished up in a. Beautiful chocolate. No, but when you if you thing. do them in in this mousse, you soak them in the alcohol. I can't remember if it's brandy or rum. It's one of those. Yeah. But you soak them in the alcohol first, and they become plump, little plump, and they're little basically alcohol bombs. Mm. And then they get boom. That's like in that pashka. Why are we doing you the pashka? No. I do actually. I don't, I don't know why I went ooh because I quite like them in that as well. <laughs> My flatmate eats no dried fruit. Doesn't like any dried fruit. We went through every dried fruit. He doesn't like any dried fruit. Pears, prunes, sultanas. Too sweet because it's very sweet. Nah, he loves a sweet. He's a sweet tooth. Why is he? Drinks rum. Eats chocolate. Loves ice cream. Just doesn't like dried fruit. I love dried, dried pears, dried pear halves. Oh, fantastic! I don't eat a lot of dried fruit. I don't eat a lot of it, but I do like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not averse to it. It's just not something I... There's a lot of prunes consumed in our house, but not by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. There's nothing more disappointing as a parent when you buy a pack of what you thought were seedless prunes and they turn out not to be and you've got to freaking oh, de-seed everyone de-seed before everyone. you give them to the babies. Gosh. I don't think babies needed help shitting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're the last thing you want is a constipated baby. Oh. Oh. Because they don't understand it. No. It's just it's just pain. There was, this is probably not the best story for a food podcast, but <laughs> Kurt, when Curtis was young, he got constipated. Right. And they rang me up and said, um, come and pick him up. And he basically had one that was Ooh. half out. Ooh. And it was that was what was making him unhappy. So he just basically. Make anyone unhappy. <laughs> he basically had to sit there. Until it snapped Ooh. off. Poor guy. That was probably the most upset I've ever seen him. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so what else uh, have you been doing? 
food what wise. else have I been doing? I went to a cooking class last week up in Rocky. Oh, yeah. That was fun E again because, you know, I do this thing where I make up recipes that I've never cooked before ever in my entire life and I do them in a cooking class. <laughs> and so I roll them out in the cooking class having never cooked them before. And so as it's going, I, I'm always saying, oh, yeah, and it always does this because I can see something's about to happen. <laughs> a, a mate of mine um, ran a film and television course and um, he rocked up to do a lecture on a camera and he'd read the he'd read the notes wrong <laughs> and it wasn't the camera he thought it was and he'd never seen this camera before. And he's like, right, the first thing you do is disassemble it. <laughs> So you basically strip this camera down and put it back together. So you what it did. And, like, was playing with the menus while he was doing it to try and work out what it did. Oh, dear. I mean, luckily, when you kind of know what you're doing, it's easy enough to wing it, but it's funny. So that was good. Did lots of Japanese stuff. What else have I been doing? I don't know. I've been busy catering and stuff. So how long till you I'll go to Melbourne? I'll sniff spit next week again. I'm going to oh, do that yeah. again because I love doing that. Another nine courses? I assume so. Seven brackets. I mightn't be quite as – I mightn't go quite over the top as I did last time because they were so full. I couldn't eat it all. You should take a photo of every course so we can talk about it the week after. Yeah, I should. I will. I will. (laughs) Bloody hell. I'm going to get – is Kira going? Yeah. I'm going to get onto her. Take a photo of every course and send it to me. Well, she's doing this really cool thing where she's got – She's doing the music, the winemakers. Oh yeah, I've music. been seeing that on um yeah on Twitter and with Facebook. The wine, so she'll have their wine, their music, and then we'll do the food to match. <laughs> so it'll be pretty cool. So have you got a lot of power ballad food? Yeah, it sounded like there's going to be a lot of power ballads mm. by that Facebook post. Was that on Facebook? Mm. Was that on Twitter? I think it was on Facebook. Yeah. Man, oh man. Yeah, it's a power ballad. I wonder what, what do you think power ballad food would be? <laughs> Deep fried. <laughs> do you think? Deep if you fried. think of the head, you'd have to do some fairy floss. No big puffy hair. <laughs> <laughs> or do you think it's just, you know, because you power ballad, so you so I always think when I think power ballad that, you know. Lots of booze and cocaine mostly. Yeah, yeah comfort <laughs> food, fried chicken. I'll have to um, I'll have to see if I can dig out. You should, um, do you do like a menu sheet of yeah. what you're doing? Yeah. You should do it like a writer. You know, like a, like a writer for a show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our client, such and such, demands the following items yeah, yeah, for dinner. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, that's a good idea. List them off. Yeah. Since I'm quite familiar with a writer, I'm mm. going to write that down. I'm going to write down notes today. Mm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe look up a few of the, the classic writers of the 80s hair metal bands. That would give you a good idea. That'd be full on, wouldn't I? Mm. Back when they were a bit more demanding. I oh, mean, I nowadays pretty... it's like, shut up, you get a plate of sandwiches, a couple of bottles of vodka. Yeah. That's it. I think it's really split. I had um, Ozzy Battler, one of my hip-hop mates, on the on the podcast the other day, and I think the bottom end, there's just no money in mm. music anymore, and the big guys, you know, 
that can tour and probably the older bands mm. that can tour and, you know, sell out to baby boomers that have lots of money. Mm. They're the ones making good good coin. Good riders. I mean, the festivals, there's no money in those festivals. No. There probably is, but they're not giving it to the caterer, that's for sure. Mm. <laughs> You're not getting a good budget to deal with. <laughs> yeah, can we get a three-course meal for $6.99? <laughs> but what about the – when you catered those festivals, what about the headliners? Did they have their own personal – were you sort of dealing with so the headliners, the top so, two or three down? Yeah, so or? the top two or three in those festival situations, though, they get a rider like everyone else. And what they do is they give them like a big cheese platter with dips and biscuits and stuff, and they'll get sandwiches. Yeah. And, you know, then they get a big drinks tub full of whatever. And then the bigger ones, they get to have whatever they want. They might say, we want organic you know, pizza after our we play or yeah. we want. And do you have to deal with that as well yes. as feeding the masses of? Yeah, well, the masses, well, we just do backstage. So the masses are just all the Yeah, but there's still on. a lot of. And that's just set up like a big Bay Marie situation. Yeah. So it's like a walk into it, but staff you, cafeteria. But you deal with crew and. and yeah. Like that's a lot of people. Yeah, it's hundreds. Mm. Yeah. But they all just file through and there'll be people out the front, you know. Serving them out. Serving whatever. Yeah. Mm. They don't get served in there. And all the others have little dongers, so you stick the, you, you know, stick when they the get veranda. to their room, their stuff's in their room, they'll go, these people are arriving, you know, so you go and take all this stuff. And, mm. and it's only the big ones that get anything special. Yeah. But even it's still not even very special. It's just freshly prepared rather yeah. than mm. stuck in a paper. Yeah. <laughs> I still laugh about that time when Tommy Lee was here. We've talked about this before, haven't we? I think so. When they threw our dips over the balcony. Yeah, and Pat went went nuts. Someone's worked hard to make this food for you. Have you ever had? uh, Have you ever had the manager sent out to complain about the food? No. 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 No, because I I always worked with John Guy, and he was really good. And they always used to say that Queensland was the best on their stops. Oh, so I can't imagine okay. what their food was like everywhere else. But See, like I never had any massive bands. I had a couple of bands that could sort of demand whatever rider. Yeah. And there was one where they wanted a whole heap of deli stuff, you know, cheese. Mm. And and so, yeah. like, I just went, like, I didn't know anyone like you back then, mm. so I just went to Rosalie Deli mm. and just bought everything there. Mm. But the problem was the, the, the thing that, well, didn't irritate me because I ate it all. But oh, they didn't touch it. Didn't touch it. Didn't yeah. even take the fucking glad wrap off it. I used to laugh. I said, we could cry back these and just pull them out every festival. <laughs> Throw them on the table. <laughs> what you need was like, get some um, movie people to make up like ones that are fake. Mm. And That's what Japanese r- do. Go. Just roll them out and see whether yeah. they touch them. Hey, our cheese is made of plastic. If oh, we- sorry. You want, you want the real oh, stuff? I got the real one. All right. Hang on. We've got one. <laughs> we made up one just in case. I know, so much waste. Mm. Mm. Yeah, or they'll go, oh, and quite often I don't actually think it's the band making the rider up. It's their manager no, it's or some ab- sidekick dick shit because that's going, oh, they want, and they go, they put all these, you know, if they're an American band, there'll be all these American brands yeah. and everyone goes running around busting their ass trying to find the right, fuck them, I say. You're in Australia, you have our brand of 
cheesels or, you know? Yeah, because – and that's the thing. Like, having worked with a lot of bands where they sort of let you get a bit closer to the band, Mm. they don't want to eat beforehand. And and most of them don't want to eat afterwards. They just want to have a beer and chill out. You know, if they're going to go get a feed, they'll ask you where to go. You know, oh, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm going to go get a feed now. Is there anywhere still open sort of thing? Like, but a good couple of hours after they fucking mm. come, calm down off the, the rush of performing. That's my classic story. I've told you my classic story about talking to that dude about acid reflux. No. I was doing a, I was, it was here in Brisbane and I was doing this thing and this guy's going, he goes, I get the worst acid reflux, you know, I can't eat. You know, and I went, oh, are you in a band? She goes, yes. <laughs> Playing tonight, and I went. Oh well, good luck. What do you do? I'm the drummer. I think he said he was. Anyway, we're crappy. We would have chatted for about an hour, right? About acid reflux, and it was Dave Grohl. <laughs> and you didn't know. <laughs> didn't know. Walked away and said, "What have you been talking to him about for all that time?" I went, "Poor dude, mate. He gets really bad acid reflux, and he's in a band." <laughs> Yeah, he's in a fucking band. It's Dave Grohl. <laughs> and that would be who? <laughs> for, for someone that's done as many uh, shows as you have, you've got remarkably little. Um... <gasps> Terrible. I've got this night on it. Hey, this Shiraz is quite nice, cold. Especially as it's, I think it's nicer the breeze. second glass once it's warmed up a little bit. Yeah, it was a bit chilled at the start. In Brisbane, that doesn't take long. Perfect now, though. So I'm going to try my chicken, my chicken salad roast this week. But I'm yeah. running out of, I'm running out of pre-prepared, easy. Like the nights that I'm away, I'm trying to do stuff so that Vanessa can just whack something in the oven or the stove or whatever. So it's got to be pre-prepared, but good for kids. That's not much sort of prep and cleaning up. <laughs> Working with a very narrow band of. <laughs> But that's all right. You just chuck stuff in a pot and, I mean, just chuck stuff in a baking dish and stick it in the oven. I'm thinking about doing um, like a chicken chicken pesto pasta or something this t- tomorrow. Mm. don't know. Well, that's a fair bit of dicking around, isn't it? Yeah, it's dicking around for me beforehand. Yeah. But I can make the pesto up and grill the chicken and then all she's got to do is reheat the chicken, cook the pasta and mix it all through. Is that a lot of work? No, not really. Pasta's pretty easy to cook. And the kids love those, like, small pasta shapes. You could do pasta bake and then you could just stick it in the oven. Yeah, that's another one I do a fair bit. That's probably a good one. Mm. Make that up the night before and just... Mm. Well, what about one I do quite often, which I like, is once again another one of Jamie Oliver's. He used to do this thing where he got potatoes, chuck them in a pan, and then he got a whole bunch of tomatoes and he squashed them with his hands threw it in, a few onions, and then he threw chicken on top in his recipe. Yeah. Chicken on top and, you know, lashings of oil, of course, and salt and pepper. And just roast it. Yeah. Love it. So I do that quite often. But I'll do it with pork or whatever I've got hanging around. I've actually got um, beef ribs in there tonight that I've got at the Asian butcher. Have you ever done his um, fish and mushroom and potato dish? No. So you get your potatoes and you slice them up mm. sort of, I don't know, half centimetre. Yeah. And you roast them off until they go golden mm. and sort of salt and pepper mm. and I think rosemary. I can't remember. 
until they've gone golden. Then you slice up a heap of a heap of different mushrooms, so whatever you can find, which is not always heaps in Brisbane, but mm. whatever. Mm. And then you get you need something like mackerel or brim that's got a nice, or even I don't think salmon would work, but something that's got a nice sort of skin. You got to have the skin on, and you slash sort of slices in it mm. and push thyme and salt into the slices and drizzle olive all mm. over it. And then you've got to fit the slices. So you put the potatoes on the bottom and then the mushrooms and then the slices of fish over the top mm. and you roast them and the skin goes all nice and crispy. But the moisture out of the um, mushrooms and the fish mm. sort of steams the yeah. mushrooms. Oh, nice. But the potatoes have still got a bit of crunch because they've already been cooked. Yeah. I've done that in years. That is but fantastic. I like that way he cooks because he does that a lot. With different things, and that's kind of just what I was saying to you about the chicken. It's yeah. actually you've just told me the same thing. Except same. You change the tomatoes for mushrooms and stuff. Yeah. Fish, but it's a beautiful way to cook because you can just stick that, pile them up. Yeah. Monday night, I'm having fish. Tuesday night, I'm having chicken. Yeah, and that's <laughs> where I get really irritated. Chicken with skin on has just disappeared. Yeah, why is Pieces. that? Pieces. Because I don't know we don't want skin too fatty. Yeah. What? It just drives just me. You up, cannot please. get a breast or a thigh with skin on. Or a bone in. I like my chicken skin on. I like chicken thigh, bone in, ah, skin on. Oh, really? Okay. That's yeah. really hard to get. You still get the um, free range, not skin on, but you get the bone in. What do they call those? I work in the butcher supply industry and oh. I don't know what they're called. They're not Marylands, they're. Oh. Because every time I see them is when I want to do crispy chicken strips for wraps. Oh, they're no good. No. They're fucking hopeless for that. Because <laughs> you just want to cut strips so you got to bone them out. Mm. Lovely legs. Lovely go. legs, right. You know what I bought today, actually? I went to um, my friendly local fisherman, Kel. He tells me he's now one of the only fishermen left in Brisbane. Really? Yes, they've all died. Anyway, Kel's a beautiful fisherman. He's not the fisherman, fishmonger. Um, but today he had that salmon roe. You ever had that? No. My mum and dad love roe. I just love it. They have it a lot in Japan. Yeah. Like they'll serve you a big box of it. You know, you'll get it with this, you know, you might have pasta or something and they'll just get this big box of roe. And so Alan, I saw it today and I went. Helen used to get the whiting roe. Mm. And when the whiting had roe, and he would batter it and fry it up for breakfast. Oh my god, yum! Mm. I might do that too. Never got offered it because I think I must have got offered it once and turned my nose because I didn't really like seafood as a kid. Oh, <laughs> I grew yum. up with like Red Emperor and Sweet Lip and and all that reef fish, and I'm like the only the only fish yeah. I'd really eat is whiting. Oysters, fresh oysters, nah, didn't like them. Crab, didn't like that. <laughs> Whereas Curtis, fuck, he, he'd kill any seafood. Calamari, salmon, any fish at all. He oh. just devours. I uh, don't know if he's had crab yet. It'd be interesting to see how he'd go with crab. Mm, he'll love it probably. Yeah. He's playing around. It's kind of fun. Although then he'll stab himself with some shell and might hurt. Nah, but like... Mum and Alan used to do, they'd go crabbing and they'd have, you know, fresh white bread crab sandwiches with a little oh, bit of vinegar and salt. Doesn't get any better. No. 
that was their thing. Well, it might. It might get better with <laughs> battered salmon roe. Battered salmon roe. <laughs> Yum. Yeah. Because I always think about the, the – who does the blues for McCrabb lasagna in Brisbane? Oh, Gillian Hurst. Mm. And I've always thought I'd probably never get enough crab to do a lasagna. It wouldn't go past the white bread sandwiches. And it's so expensive. I had to buy a bag of crab the other day. It was like 400 gram bag of crab. Really? Maybe. Wow. And it was, I don't know, 75 bucks or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, see, crab's one of those things that I just, um, I just sort of see as, you know, Oh, ho-hum. <laughs> I don't really see it as a luxury. You know, if there's crab or cold roast lamb, I'll go. Oh, you, roast you, lamb you at the time. Yeah, the crab, I'll have a cold roast lamb. <laughs> I had a disaster last night, actually. I was cooking. I was cooking and I wasn't really concentrating and I was having a conversation. <laughs> Were you drinking, self? No, I wasn't. But And then I made it to dinner. We sat down. And Pat was too polite to say anything. And I had about two mouthfuls and I went, this is terrible. So that's so disgusting. And he's looked at me like, oh, thank goodness you said so. <laughs> <laughs> I made, I had just chicken and pork mints and stuff and I, I just threw it in a pan and I was just going to make some like, I don't know, just some chicken mints and I'm throwing in all this galangal and ginger and garlic and chilli and stuff. It should have been simple. You know, flavours I know and love. Yeah. And I must have been, I put some um, fish sauce that had been sitting in a bottle. It was really old, so it was really quite strong. Strong. And you overfished it. And I put quite a lot of that in. And then I put some oyster sauce in. And then I picked up this other (laughs) bottle and I threw some of that in. I wasn't thinking. I was just talking too much and I wasn't thinking. And, oh, it was so salty and disgusting. It was revolting. We used to do back in – so when, when I was share housing and we were very, very poor mm. and we used to buy 10 kilos of potatoes between <laughs> two of us every three days. <laughs> uh, so when we got sick of potatoes, which is incredibly hard for me to do, mm. we used to do like a fried rice and we try and make it like super crispy. So we'd mm. do the rice and – whatever veggies and meat and everything yeah. we throw it in and then we get the pan like really really hot and try and a little bit of oil in the bottom and try and crisp bits of the rice up yeah so you get like these slabs of sort of crunchy rice nice, and then you turn yeah. it over and get another slab and then just um like the bottom of the paella pan and then smash it with some soy sauce and cheese for some reason don't know why Cheese is good on most things. Shredded, tasty <laughs> cheese and soy sauce. You would eat that all the time. Wow. We used to do this thing, actually. My eldest brother, my mum used to work and she'd leave us at home. I remember Saturday mornings, we'd all be at home and he'd cut up potatoes into the tiniest, thinnest little chips, right? Mm. They're like straws. And, you know, you had the old electric frying pans and we'd fry up this big bowl of chips he'd cook them for us all there's four kids and he'd pile up all these chips on a plate tiny little crispy bits and then we'd cover it with vinegar tomato sauce oh, and tomato soy sauce, sauce. Chips is one of the it, tomato sauce on chips should be banned you should go to the hague for that <laughs> i'm sorry ah uh, hey he'd just put all on and we'd just sit there and hoe in oh 
Gosh, it was good. My one of my favourite standby breakfasts is I get a potato yeah. and chop it up into little cubes, yeah, and boil it until it's sort of soft, yeah, and then throw it in the fry pan with a heap of black pepper, heap of salt, some chorizo, and fry it till bits of it get crispy, and then break two eggs through it oh until God. the eggs set or till the whites set, and then then on toast. On toast. Yeah. Yeah. That's breakfast. Oh. I read I read a book. I can't remember what the book was, but it, it was a fantasy book and one of the uh, sort of central locations in it was this this inn that had these spicy fried potatoes. Yeah, right. Not, you know, I've always had a thing for potatoes. So, but, yeah, and I've always, I, I think, um, that I've always tried to do like a like a fried sort of spicy potato, you know, with yeah, cane yeah, yeah. and pepper and yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. lemon zest or something. I don't know. You can't go wrong with a potato. I just oh, you can't. It's one of the one foods I've never like. Some foods I like. Oh, I'm just a bit sick of that. I'll leave that for a while. I won't go back to that recipe. I just mm. like, never ever yeah, never run out of potato. Love. <laughs> Actually, I haven't had a potato in here at this joint for ages. Better go and get a bag. <laughs> it should make me feel like I'm not doing a bit. Oh, I loved it when I was in Tassie and you go to the markets there, the oh. markets down in Hobart. Yeah. And like they have like 15 different freaking types. they got ones that cut them and they bleed red like a beetroot when you oh, cut them. Oh, what? Yeah. Nice. Spectacular. Wow. Potato heaven for me. Potato heaven. You need to go to Peru, three different yeah. types of potatoes. Well, right? a mate of mine went to, yeah, she went to, was it Peru? Somewhere in South America. Mm. And she sent me a Facebook photo back of, like, the local village, you know, tiny little village, but, like, their market. And, you know, there's, like, 15 different stalls with potatoes, um, Hessian bags Nine to every stall's got nineteen different types of potatoes. Mm. Like, give me a bucket of sour cream, and I'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Try this one and this one and this one. Oh man! It's like, what did you do when you went to South America? Eight potatoes. potatoes. You do, and you don't realise because you don't know that there's that many types of potatoes when you first get there. Yeah. It's not until someone. But, but I don't understand why. Why, like, if you're a potato grower in Australia, why wouldn't you try and grow? A couple of different varieties, yeah, and sell them like sure. Like as soon as I see a bag or a, or a, a stand of different potatoes, mm. you know, I remember when Kipflers sort of first mm. came into the shops, and yeah. I just went nuts, nuts for Kipflers. Yeah, I don't know. There's that good potato guy. Have you seen him, the Spud Spud guy at the markets? Which markets? Oh, okay. He's at West End. He's um. So the West End Saturday markets. Yeah. yeah. So he has probably, I don't know, 20 different types of potatoes. Ooh, okay. So he has lots of. Guess what I'll be doing with the boys one weekend very yeah, soon. He has lots. Drive to West End. Yeah. What, what did you do on the weekend, Daddy? <laughs> what did you do on the weekend, Curtis? Oh, my dad took me all the way to Brisbane to buy some <laughs> different types of potatoes. <laughs> uh, I know. I know. Yeah, I know it's hard, but you know, I suppose the market would be small. So for big commercial growers, yeah, but that's 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 what I don't understand. If the market's small and 
like you, that's the thing. You wouldn't have to produce. It's that a little. Many. It's know. a little bit like the. Hey, I'm with you. I'm on your side. It's but a little was- bit like the. Um, um, well, there's two things. One was the the uh, non-homogenized milk. Yeah. Which you know, milk went for a real milk went down a real path. I think in the nineties, where they went to that. You know, light skim. Like there was all these different types of milk that weren't really milk. You know, they were milk deconstructed and mm. tried to fit into every marketplace. Mm. And then it's flipped back the other way. And now you can buy four or five different brands of milk that is essentially just milk. Mm. Milk. They heat it up, okay, to to because the law tells them they have mm. to. But that's all they do to it. Mm. They don't spin it out. They don't do anything to it. Sometimes it has more cream. Sometimes it has less cream. And then the second one was Woolworths' own brand started doing some interesting things like buffalo mozzarella. Yes. And there was another one that they did, and they've stopped freaking doing them. Mm. And, like, surely the amount of buffalo mozzarella I bought out, out of them per week was enough to sustain the market. Yeah. But yeah, I bought that buffalo mozzarella. Yeah. In the, in the, in the brine, in the little yeah, packet. Yeah, the brine. Yeah, because I know. it wasn't, and it wasn't even like I was doing a, a small um, a person out of buffalo mozzarella because there was Woolworths didn't sell any other buffalo mozzarella, oh. and it just really frustrates me when they do these little things for six months and then just, just stop it, just disappears. Yeah, it really annoys. Well, you can't really it doesn't allow you to fall in love with the product either, does it? I mean, you don't. You go to get something, it's never there. Yeah. That's why the supermarket frustrates me so much now. You have a favourite brand, you go back to get it. Yeah, it's gone. And even the yeah. local, the local IGA, um, you know, has burnt me quite a few times. I've gone in there to get the Mulaney milk, and it's been out. Mm. And it's like I'm coming to you to get, you know, okay, your wheat bix is the same as Woolworths wheat bix. It's not going to be any different. But I'm coming here to get this product that you sell that. that Woolworths doesn't sell. Yeah. Stock that product. Mm. Um, yeah. Seems We're all strange. here. Get some in there. The other day was a. Tel- Have we met since that public holiday? Anyway. I came last week. I don't remember all I did was <sighs> tap fix, on your computer. Fix my computers. <laughs> um, okay, so public holiday. Go to that IGA up the end of the street. Apart from the fact there was four security guards in the car park. Mental. Um, the queue for the cash registers wove around the supermarket. What? It's one day. One day. Everyone thinks they're going to die if they don't get the food. <laughs> the, the, one of the butchers I used to serve told me a story once that he's in a shopping centre down towards Cleveland. And um, so they were like, uh, it was either Easter Sunday or Easter Monday, but they had to open because the, the shopping centre opened. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's a fucking long weekend. Everyone's gone away. No one's going to want to buy meat on Easter Sunday. Like the shops have been shut for one day. Yeah. So he put on – he used stuff. to have like – No, <laughs> he, it was a big shop. So he'd have like four or five or six guys busting meat because they used to do all their own bodies. Mm. And then he'd have sort of three or four – Front, front of house stuff mm. and he's like well I won't put any of the front of house stuff on it must have been Easter Monday we'll just come in and do, do our normal Monday's work at the back side and then no one's going to come in and buy meat 
He said they didn't cut a single body the whole day. All they did was chase their tail. This was one of the fucking biggest Mondays he's ever had. And he's mm. like, we've been shut a day. A day. Yeah. And so they had to come back in at four the next morning and start doing the work that they that should have done do. the day before. But the next year, so he's like, right, full staff on the Monday, no one came. <laughs> Not a single person the whole day. He said, he said everything was done by midday. They all went home. He said, oh, I think, yeah, one staff member on, on, the, on the registers and they did like 50 bucks. Wow. Isn't that mental? This particular IGA, though, is always busy. Every public holiday, it's the traffic's packed up, <laughs> down the road, you know, it's mental. Yeah. So we're all about to start. I don't know, because I wanted to bake biscuits, you see, and I was figuring maybe there's other people wanting to bake because they've got time spare. Yeah. Because I was like, what do I do? I might bake some biscuits. I need to go and get some butter and... So that's why I was there. So I'm assuming that's probably what lots of people were doing there. So, so all of a sudden they're cooking stuff they're not normally doing maybe. I've sort of split my shopping. So we're using a little app to do our shopping where it's called AnyList, I think, mm. and it's a shopping app. And what you do is you you, you sort of build your list mm. and the list is there. So on Vanessa's side, she can see everything on the list mm. and – Everything that you've sort of got has a red line through it and you just tap it and it unhides and then I've got the the just the things that need to be bought on my list. So she un she unhides something and it pops up on my list because yeah, I do right. all the shopping. Yeah, right. So I'm, so for to try and make sure that we're not wasting any food, I'm shopping sort of every day or every second day yeah. for dinners, but then I have like a standby stuff of like I always have flour and and eggs and yeah. butter and chorizo and dried pasta and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I can sort of throw something together if, if to, things, yeah. but I'm not he- keeping heaps of greens and mm. and um, meats and stuff. Yeah, you know. So I'm not throwing. I just got got in this weird thing in my head now. I just hate waste. Waste. Yeah. Absolutely hate it. It's awful. I'm actually a bit the same. I have I hardly buy anything. My fridge is empty. Yeah. There's hardly anything in it. I just I'm sick of throwing out rotten stuff. Well, if I get it, I cook it all at once. So what I've been doing is if I go and do a little bit of a shop, like if I go to the market and I buy some stuff that I didn't mean to buy but it looks so beautiful that I bought it. And you go home and cook it straight yeah, away. Yeah, I kind of come home and cook it and make sure that it's ready to be eaten. Yeah, see, even like there was stuff like I would just buy things like feta and mushrooms and carrots and onions. Well, onions are not too bad because onions and potatoes yeah. last forever. Yeah. But yeah. And then if I didn't, uh, they'd sit in the fridge. And then if I was cooking something with carrots in it, I'd buy it that day and cook those carrots without actually looking in the fridge. So at the end of the month, there'd be like six sort of old wilted carrots. And at my place, it's not that big a deal. It goes to the yeah. chickens, gets turned into eggs. Mm. Happy days. But, yeah. Yeah. No, we waste so much food. Oh, man, when I was getting the fruit and veg from the fruit shop and just the amount they threw out every mm. day and, like, Woolworths must be worse because they've got stricter controls on how things look. Mm. It's just insane. Gosh. Oh. So, anyway. All right, so. Mama, man. Are we going? Yeah, I better go and run around with some young teenagers. Make myself look <laughs> stupid. <laughs> All right. 
Catch you later. See you next week. Yeah. Ciao.